and welcome everyone to KSQD Santa Cruz at 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and you're listening to our show, What To Be, where we interview inspiring people and highlight their careers. What To Be is a program provided by Your Future Is Our Business, a Santa Cruz County nonprofit that helps students explore careers through programs such as college and career expos, panels, and other work-based learning activities. Please note that the views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily represent or reflect those of Natural Bridges Media or Your Future Is Our Business. The information provided during this program does not reflect its career in its entirety. And today I have the pleasure to speak to John Flanagan, who's a real estate broker and investor. Hey, John. Hey, Patrick. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. Thank you very much for taking the time to help us do this interview today. I really appreciate it. You bet. No problem. Thank you. John, do you want to talk about your career journey for us? Yeah, wow. That, that's a pretty open-ended question. So <laughs> It is. I got my real estate license in 2004, and I'd been in sales for a few years before that. And I was encouraged to do it by a friend of mine who had been in real estate for a while. And I went out and had tacos with him. It was March of 2004. And he's like, you need to quit your job tomorrow and start working in real estate. And I told him, I said, look, I won't do it tomorrow but I'll be in real estate within one month. And sure enough, about a month later, I quit my job and was selling real estate. And that was back in 2004. And so since then, you know, the real estate industry has been through at least a cycle and a half. You know, back in 2009, 2010, 2011, I was working on my, my broker's license. And really the only game in town was selling bank-owned property. And so I partnered with a couple banks, Wells Fargo, Citibank, a couple other banks, and was working with uh, distressed property and bank-owned property. And then in 2012, as the market started picking up, I was working with investors. Sometime around 2013, 2014, I started thinking about what it looked like to be an investor. And I was doing just almost all the work for the investors investors I had partnered with. I started thinking to myself, well, if if these investors can can do this thing and I'm effectively doing most of the work for them, you know, why don't I start doing what they're doing? And so that was, that was kind of the aha moment for me. And that was back in, in 2013. And so since 2013, you know, I was doing, I was flipping a home or wholesaling a home, you know, here and there. And then in the last seven, seven to eight years, we've become very heavy on the investment side and still working with friends and family with retail real estate, but, but primarily as investors for ourselves. And so here we are 2021 after a wild ride in 2020. And, and that's, that's kind of been the 17, 18 year journey in real estate. Okay. Thanks, John. And when you got into the uh, real estate in 2004, was the, was the market kind of down at that point? Was, was it a scary time to get involved in this new career? No, it was, it was actually a, a really, really great time for somebody who was inexperienced. I mean, all, all you had to do really was just find some people who wanted to buy real estate, some buyers that wanted to buy real estate. And you didn't have to understand the contracts well. You didn't really have to understand what you were doing. There was just such a demand to, to purchase. And that's really the first couple of years you know, I faked it. I pretended like I knew what I was doing and I kind of knew what I was doing. Um, but the market was, was really good. It was good for sellers, good for buyers. 
And it really didn't start shifting until more like 2008, 2009. That, okay. That's when you could notice that the market was shifting down in a meaningful way. And if you were going to continue working in real estate, you had to figure out like what your next thing was going to be. Okay. And that was kind of during the Freddie Mae, Freddie Mac time, right? Where people right. were getting a lot, of, a lot of loans that they weren't really able, that they weren't qualified for, right? To pay back. So a lot of a lot of the loans that that were being underwritten, they, those started happening. I want to guess probably before I got in the business. Call it 2000, 2001. Some regulations changed on a federal level, and everybody thought it was going to be beneficial for people. It's going to get more people into housing and and just kind of maybe level the playing field for everyone. But the real problem was was that there wasn't a lot of oversight, and so people were encouraged to get loans and pay prices for properties that ultimately they couldn't afford. And super bummer, you know, you, you add on the fact that the economy as a whole tanked in 2008, 2009, as well as real estate. And yeah, it was like a perfect storm. It was, it really felt wild. And fortunately I was still relatively young at the time and didn't know any better. And so I I was just like, I'm just going to figure out what I have to do. You know, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities, didn't have a family at the time. And so, yeah, I was just going to go for it. And so fortunately it worked out for me. John, do you want to talk about some of your duties and responsibilities, you know, with what you do now? Yeah. So if, if you want to kind of summarize what trade in real estate is up to, I mean, really we're just a marketing firm. I'm very clear that our job is to find opportunities and the way we find opportunities is to market the service that we provide. And it just happens to be that we buy and sell real estate. You know, we could be, we could be marketing anything. We just happen to be marketing to homeowners that own property and they have some sort of distress situation about it, whether it's the condition of the house or their situation And the key factor to why we're valuable to those people is we can move very, very quickly. And the way that we purchase houses is very simple and very different than like the experience you get when you sell retail on the MLS. And so we're not a, we're not a fit for everybody. In fact, we're not a fit for most people, but when we're a fit, we're a great fit. And so that's what we do. We just try to find those people and those opportunities where we're a great fit. Hmm. I think that's a great explanation. Do you want to talk about some of your education background? Sure. So I got here to, and when I say here, I got to Santa Cruz in 1995 and I started going to UCSC and I graduated from UCSC in 1999 with a degree in chemistry. And I knew at that time that I didn't want to continue working in a lab. And so I'd applied to law school and had been accepted to several law schools, thought patent, be, becoming a patent attorney would be really interesting. But I talked to my cousin who had just finished his law school experience a couple of years before that and talked to him a little bit about what it was like to actually be a practicing attorney. And he really discouraged me from becoming an attorney. He's like, look, it's just not what you think it's going to be. And it, it's paperwork you know, you're meeting people in situations where things are really not working out for them. Like this, you know, you need to reevaluate whether or not you want to go to law school and become an attorney. And so fortunately, I I think in hindsight, fortunately, 
I decided not to do that. And so I went into sales, I was working corporate sales and that's, that's what I was doing prior to becoming a real estate agent. And so switched from, you know, a really rigorous science background at UCSC as a chemistry student to sales, you know, my whole career since I graduated in 1999 has been sales. Okay. And then you got your real estate license. Do you mind explaining what that journey looks like for students listening or anyone else? Sure. So when I got my real estate license in 2004, I believe the requirement was one class and then you had to take two more classes, effectively have three classes completed within, you know, a year of getting your real estate license. But I think you had to take the course and it's called real estate principles and it gave you kind of an overview of what real estate was. And then you had to apply with the state to take the state exam. And then once you pass the state exam, you know, there's some fees you have to pay and, and that's how you get your real estate license, license with the state to effectively sell real estate for people. And jokingly, I think the bars, it was very low and, and still continues to be very low. Uh, the barrier of entry into real estate is very low, but there, I think there's a high percentage of people that wash out because perhaps similar to like getting into law, like you, you don't really know what it's like until you're there. And it does require a lot of hard work and hustle. And, and perhaps people just don't, don't know that that's what's going to show up when they get their real estate license. So. John, do you think it's possible that some people get their license thinking that it'll be like a fun part-time job to help supplement income? And, and so they're not really putting, you know, all they can into it. And there's people like you, for example, who, who is, and so it might just not work out for them for those reasons. I think that, I think the obvious answer to your question is yes. I, I think that you know, a couple years into my real estate careers, I really started like figuring out who I was, what type of clients I wanted to work with, what I was good at. You know, it, it maybe it's kind of like going to a heart surgeon or, or another specialist. Like, do you want to be the heart specialist that's doing one surgery a month? Or do you want to be the heart specialist that's doing several surgeries a day? Like, if you're the patient who needs the heart surgeon to work with, like, I think I want to go with the expert who has tons and tons of practice, even if they're a little overworked and maybe a little less available. I still want to go with the person who has a tremendous amount of experience, you know, knows how to navigate certain situations. It's not different in real estate. And when I'm partnered with realtors on the other side of the transaction and they're part-time or maybe they're a little newer, it's not that they're bad real realtors. They just don't know the answers or solutions to as many questions, right? Yeah, they're just, not, they're probably not instilling too much confidence, right? Well, you know, for the, for the buyers that we do continue to work with, which are mostly friends and family, you know, I tell people right up front, I'm like, there's probably five moments in the real estate transaction that will take a total of five minute, minutes. And like, I literally make all of the money and I'm a specialist at what I do because of those five minutes. And you want me there for those five minutes instead of another realtor who's less experienced because I'll know what to say. I'll know how to say it. I'll know how to negotiate it and we'll get you what you want. And like that doesn't just happen in a vacuum. You know, it takes years, years and years and years of practice to get to a place to where you know how to navigate those five minutes. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess you could also have people who, if there was agents who were 
like desperate or being pushy about making a sale, I mean, for me, that would be a big turnoff too and kind of a red flag, right? Absolutely. I, th I think that something that showed up as more experience shows up and, and maybe financially you become a little more viable is you get less attached to the outcome. And so it really does become more about what your client's needs are instead of like, I really need to make this sale so that I can pay my mortgage or pay my bills or take that trip to Hawaii. Once you get past that, that place, that financial place where you can kind of detach yourself from the result, I think in that moment in time, you really get to work for your clients. Yeah, I agree. And I think you probably separate yourself from a lot of other realtors with that approach too, in a much more attractive way. Right. You know, most of the time that I spend with people in my industry or people like me who are very successful, who've been in the industry for quite a while. And I, and I can look at all of these people and, and we all have a very similar attitude. Like we want to win for our clients. Like we will literally do whatever it takes and we'll use all the strategies, all of our wiles, like anything we can to get what our clients want. But if our clients don't want something and it's, it's no longer important to them, we're not attached to it. So we're, it's not important to us to keep pushing them in any particular direction. Okay. Do you want to talk about like what your day or week looks like? Like what kind of hours are you putting in? And has that been a little bit different over the past year with the different things going on? For me, it's been really different. I, I don't want to segue too far away from this, but in addition to being a real estate broker and investing for myself, you know, I'm on the board of the local realtor association and also the chair for local government relations for the association. And so when March of last year showed up, there was a real question about, you know, how our industry was going to get classified, whether we were or weren't essential. And because I was the chair of local government relations, I really was pretty much the tip of the spear for the entire industry in Santa Cruz County. And so my job in that moment in time was really to put real estate sales on the back burner and figure out how we were going to get classified as essential and then what kind of protocols we were going to use here in Santa Cruz County to continue working because just because COVID showed up didn't mean that people had didn't have houses to sell or didn't need to buy houses or move and certainly the 1400 realtors plus all the vendors plus all the mortgage brokers plus all the escrow officers they also had jobs and mortgages and things to pay, right? So I spent a tremendous amount of time in 2020, I guess you could say kind of giving back to the industry and making sure that we were classified correctly and that we could continue working. So that was a big part of what I did last year, which was very different than the hustle that kind of got me maybe to 2020. I mean, every year before that, I was probably working 50, 55 hours a week, sometimes on weekends, you know, self-motivated to be here in the office at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, getting through my emails, you know, making outbound phone calls, following up on offers, getting listings signed. Yeah. 2020 was a very different year for sure. Okay. And for those who are just tuning in, you're listening to the What To Be Show on KSQD Santa Cruz 90.7 FM. I'm Patrick Hart and I'm speaking with John Flanagan, who's a real estate broker and investor. John, I was wondering, what kind of skills do you use in your career? You know, if they're just people skills, did you learn these like on the job or just, I guess, in life? There's, there's definitely a lot, of, a lot of people skills. I think communication is incredibly important. So, so is organization. You know, I have 
I don't, I'm not as gregarious or as outgoing as a lot of people are in my industry. It's just not part of my DNA, but I do have kind of a quiet confidence about, about what I'm up to. And so I, I think that when you are assisting people in buying and selling real estate, that quiet confidence and communication is incredibly important. You know, that, that's what they need. They need to feel like, like, the, like they're being heard, like everything's very transparent. And they also need to have confidence that the person they're partnering with knows what they're doing. And so, so when I'm working retail real estate for people, I think that those are some incredibly important skills. And I don't think they came naturally to me. I think those were things that as a salesperson, I'm, I'm constantly working on. You know, I'm, also, I'm always striving to be better at that. From an investor perspective, I mean, really, it's like algebra on the back of a napkin and you get really good at kind of figuring out numbers in your head. And, and like, so for instance, if I'm looking at a property that's distressed and needs some work, you know, I will start with what I think it will be worth when I do some work to it. And then that kind of gives me a starting point. And then once I have that starting point of what I think it can be worth when I do construction work or cosmetic work to it, I start thinking about, well, what is the general bucket of money it's going to take to get it from where it is today in its current condition to where it will be? And that's like one part of the equation. And then I think about, well, how long is it going to take me and how much money am I going to have to spend to hold the property for that period of time? And then I start thinking about other costs, like I got to pay a commission to a buyer's broker when I go to resell that property. And so basically I start with what will the end product look like and be worth. And then I start backing out all my expenses. And then I have to figure out based upon what the price of the property is, how long I'll have to hold it, how much work it is, like what profit I feel I should make in the scenario. And so that's, that's how I come up with what I should pay for something. And I mean, I think that I probably run these calculations in my head like thousands of times now over the last, you know, better part of 10 years. And so I can just do it in my head in a very, very short period of time. And it's, it's not complicated math. You just kind of have to keep track of all the numbers. And so I think that part of my job is actually very simple. And anybody who is decent at algebra and can kind of keep track of some basic numbers could, could do that thing and, and be that type of investor. So on each other. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. And, and, how about some favorite projects that you've worked on or are currently working on? I got a, I got a really great one that I'm working on that I just bought a couple of weeks ago up in Felton. And I always like a project where I can imagine myself actually living there. We live in Capitola and I love Capitola. I've been here in the greater Capitola area since 2006. But uh, this place I bought in Felton a couple of weeks ago has um, some nice, very large decks and it opens up to these distant, just huge redwood views. It's got tons of parking. The house itself is in good condition. And so really we're just doing a cosmetic overhaul. But I, I think about what I bought, which was not in structurally bad condition. It just needed to be touched up a little bit. And then as I see it kind of transforming over time and we're putting in a new kitchen and, you know, interior exterior paint and some new flooring, like it's just, it's just not the same house when you get done with it. And this particular property is something that I kind of, I could vision myself actually living in. It's something that would suit my taste. I think anytime I work on a project where I, I can imagine myself living there, it's kind of a cool thing, right? 
Mm-hmm. And the, the people that had owned this property had owned it since 1988. And there were several family members and they were just looking for something super easy. So I can remember like three weeks ago, driving over the hill to San Jose, uh, meeting with the owners. And they just couldn't believe that I had a two page contract, no disclosures, and that we could wrap this thing up in 10 days. And compared to kind of traditional real estate, it's just so simple. And it was a great experience buying it from them. It's a great experience cleaning it up and it'll be on the market in a couple of weeks. So that, that to me is a really ideal project and, and it happens all the time. I mean, we, we bump in, into projects that are similar to that, you know, 10 to 15 times a year. So. Okay. Thanks. And why do you think that your job is important to you and, or to society? Well, I don't, I don't know like where it fits in from like a societal standpoint, like, you know, is, is this fundamentally important to people? You know, a lot of realtors will use their names in, in what they do. They're the so-and-so team or they're the so-and-so group. And a lot of the, what they do is they market themselves and who they are and along with who they are, like what it is that, that they can do. And for us, you know, if, if we're marketing to people who have a need, we're not marketing John Flanagan or any of the team members that we have. We're marketing an idea, right? And the idea is that if you need something quick and simple because that suits your needs, then we're the best one-stop solution for you, bar none. There's nobody better in Santa Cruz County at doing what we do than, than us. We're the best. And if you don't, that's fine too. And I guess the only way that I can, I can say that it's important from a societal standpoint is that people who do business with us are generally really, really happy with the results. I mean, we get, I mean, even from people that we buy, buy properties from at a deep discount, they're still so happy that something that could have been very intense or could have taken a lot of time or would have been a lot of work was just really simple. And so I guess if that's a value to society, then yeah, we're valuable, right? Yeah, I think so. And I guess what is a common misconception that do you that you think that people might have about realtors? I, I mean, the the e- the easy one is you know that that we're money hungry, that we're only in business to to make you know as much money as we can. That every realtor that's out there that's selling property is really rich and really successful. I think that's a, that's a really common misconception. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, just, it's just really easy with salespeople that are providing kind of a retail sales experience to be classified that way. And, and it's just, from my experience, it's just like any other career. If you're really, really good at your job and you hustle like crazy and you figure out kind of a dynamic way to do what you do, then yeah, you're going to be tremendously successful. There's lots of very, very successful realtors and brokers in Santa Cruz County and around Santa Cruz County, but way more than those, you know, handfuls of very successful brokers and realtors. There's a lot of people that are making a more common living, a more middle-class living. And so I would, I would say that that is for sure the biggest misconception in, in what it is that we do. Okay. And what about a surprising thing? Like what was surprising to you, I guess, getting into real estate? What surprised me when I got into real estate? I mean, I think 
originally when I got into real estate, I, I didn't, I mean, it's gotta be the interpersonal stuff, right? I mean, you know, you're dealing with, when you're doing kind of a more traditional real estate transaction, whether you're representing a buyer or a seller, there's several different personalities and things that are being managed. Like you're, you're kind of managing yourself and you're, man, and you're helping manage the person that you're partnered with. But you got to recognize that on the other side of the transaction, there's other human beings, right? And like they have feelings and needs and they need to express stuff and they have goals. And so just having a clear understanding of like, okay, look, this is what's important to my client. And, and, like, and like we want to accomplish their goals. But there's also a whole different set of goals and needs that need to be met. And I think when you have kind of more global perspective on that, it, it makes selling real estate and buying real estate much easier. I don't think I, I understood that going in, but I, but I clearly understand it after, you know, 20 years and hundreds of transactions, that that's super important. And John, what kind of advice or resources can you give to students who are interested in pursuing a career in real estate? I think it's one of the last great careers out there where it doesn't matter like what kind of education you've come from. It it doesn't matter, you know, if you're a a great salesperson or not, it it doesn't matter if you're exceptionally bright or not. It's just kind of like a wide open career and you see so many different types of people who've created paths for themselves and have had really rewarding, successful careers in real estate. And so, you know, my advice to somebody who's, who's new or interested is to take the classes required to get the license, get the license. Uh, and both these things are relatively easy to do, not super time consuming. And then, you know, if you're, if you're dabbling with the idea of a career, partner with a team, you know, partner with a group of people who are already established and can help train you and give you some of the tools that you would need to become good at your job. And then do that for a period of time, see if you like it. And if you like it, then perhaps you strike out on your own independently and maybe build your own team. Or if being part of a team environment suits you and suits your personality, then you can just continue being part of a team. Um, where there's a lot of camaraderie and kind of, you know, collective effort towards goals. So I would absolutely say that this is still a great career. You know, after the better part of 18 years, it's still a great career to get into. Well, thank you again for sharing that. And, And thank you so much, John, for taking the time to help do this interview today. You bet, Patrick. This has been super fun. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's career story with me, Patrick Hart, on our show, What To Be, with today's guest, John Flanagan, who's a real estate broker and investor. If you have any questions or would like to share your career story with us, please send us an email at whattoberadio at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed our show, please join us again at 90.7 FM KSQD Santa Cruz at 7 p.m. on Sundays and streaming online at ksqd.org. Or you can find us on major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify. And please visit our website at yfiob.org for more information about your future as our business. Thank you very much and see you next time.